the overall mobile gaming market in Korea uh, will reach 9 billion this year. And if you just count the, the mobile in-app purchase, uh, it's still 5 billion last year. And another factor to mention uh, is that uh, the Korea is the third largest um, the global play revenue globally. Hi everyone, it's Yuval Paso, your host of Game On Asia, a podcast about the mobile gaming ecosystem in Asia. Today I'm talking with Seho Kim, director of the gaming team in Google Korea. Why should you listen to episode number eight? Because as you know, this is really one of the best episodes and uh, your podcast for gaming in Asia. Today, you will learn about the gaming market in South Korea, uh, which, as you heard, is quite a big market. What's unique about the market? Free-to-play, play-to-win, leading genres, and what is the profile of the Korean gamers? How Chinese developers manage to reach the top 10 grossing gaming chart in the market after no one managed to do it? Uh, what do you need to be successful in Korea, including influencer and your launch strategy? Uh, how is Gen Z changing um, and why it could be opportunity for you? Um, so you will learn a lot of things, uh, but make sure to check our past episode and discover other gaming markets in the region, including China, Japan, India, Vietnam, Australia, and Indonesia. Uh, if you enjoy the episode, make sure to share it with your friends and subscribe uh, to our podcast in Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Enjoy this episode. So, so it's it's uh, it's great to have you here uh, with us today. Yeah, great to be here, Yuval. Great. Let's start. Um, if you can please introduce yourself in 60 seconds or, or less. Uh, sure. But yeah, but before that, I'm very honored to talk about uh, the Korean gaming market. And um, I'm a director for the gaming and apps at Google Large Customer Sales in Korea. Um, I've been taking care of the verticals for six years here. Um, most of my major client gaming companies such as a Korean gaming company such as Netmarble, Nexon, Ansysoft, and so on are my clients. And before Google, I spent 10 years in management consulting and other several years in other industries. I grew up in Korea and have had uh, most of my life here. So I would say I'm quite familiar with the country and the market. Um, lastly, married with nine-year-old twins. Uh, whose best wow. pastime activity? Yeah, best best pastime activities is playing Roblox. So I'm getting a bit familiar, or getting used to uh, like a gaming in the future. I would say. So are you an expert in Roblox or or not yet? Uh, not me, but they are. Okay. Yeah, that that's a different world. <laughs> yeah, I, I wanted to to uh, get to to learn more into Roblox because yeah, my daughter keep on asking me. She's around the same age, so um, okay. yeah, we, we can share experiences. Yeah, they might be friends. <laughs> yeah. Okay. In the in the in the metaverse. Yeah. Sure. So let's let's play a quick association game, and here you know it's it's kind of like. I will say a word and you would just say in one word, one word, what's come to mind, you know, um, that's kind of like just to, to get the energy going. Um, so let's start with uh, working from home. A bit tiring, but uh, became a way of life. 
mobile games. Very lucrative um, if you're doing right, but also very competitive. Esports. Hmm. Future of sports. 5G. Ramping up. Traveling. Missing so much. South Korea. Uh, huge potential. And Google. Uh, big company. Amazing. You see? You are professional. Uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I think Thank that you, you get like so uh, 9 out of 10. Great. Um, <laughs> because we can always improve. I think that the next question that I had is to learn more about how did you find your way into the to the gaming industry? Because you were starting in, as you told us, in consulting, right? And and now in Google, you, you manage the, the, the gaming uh, um, sales team. Sure. Um, uh, first of all, the Koreans love gaming. Uh, I was played a lot until college by myself and then with friends. And then my, my favorite one at the time was a StarCraft. And before Google... Yeah, as you just mentioned, my career has some distance from gaming, though. However, when I was a consultant, I was fascinated by the fast changes and the growth of the tech industries, and especially gaming. And you can easily get interest in the gaming companies if you have the direct experience in dealing with both gaming companies and traditional conglomerates as a client. So I found myself in uh, in love uh, in, with gaming and tech. So when I had this opportunity in Google to work with the gaming developers, that was like the best job in the world. So I was really lucky to take the role. Definitely sound like an amazing role. Uh, and if we move forward, looking at South Korea in terms of numbers, that the fourth largest country in terms of revenue from mobile gaming globally, the place where esports uh, started, and, and really the engagement level of players is super high. Maybe you can just uh, tell us a little bit uh, from the numbers perspective uh, about South Korea. Mm. Okay, well, um, before getting into the numbers, um, I let me briefly talk about Koreans and the Korean culture. That's, uh, it will that's give, be great, yeah. Yeah, it will give you some kind of over picture. Um, so I'd say we're relatively fast and focused and innovative. And there is actually the famous Korean word, pali pali, which means quickly, quickly. So we don't want to wait long before getting something done. So that helped make the Korea one of the most highly wired countries in the world, I believe. And you can get Wi-Fi access uh, just about everywhere, including like public transportation. So it's very common to see people watch live streaming sports matches who are playing very data-heavy MMORPG games on their mobiles. Mm. And the focus, like Korean students seem to study longer hours than any other peer countries. And adults work longer hours as well. And I don't really like those factors, though. But... But I think uh, with the characteristics, um, we are able to have very good engineers and even some famous esports players like Faker, if you know him, mm-hmm. like from the League of Legends. And yeah, and another one is innovative. Um, the Korea is the number one country in patent file. And thanks to the innovation, the Korean content like K-pop or movies became very successful globally. So with, yeah, with that in mind, uh, here's some numbers that will help you understand the market better. So first of all, uh, we have population of 52 million. And 50% of those population is concentrated in Seoul and its neighboring areas. 
And we have relatively homogeneous cultural background. So it's common that like words spread fast and people catch on trend very quickly as well. Mm. Okay. Yeah. So an- another thing to consider is um, we're uh, the 10th largest uh, economy in the world in terms of GDP and the six. Like 96% of internet penetration with 101%, even more than 100 of the smartphone penetration. Wow. So, so connection is both very and fast 5G? and stable here. What, what the, the status of 5G? Also um, quite advanced. Uh, I don't have the, the up-to-date number, but the Korea was one of the f- first two countries in the world who d- adopt the 5G. Yeah infrastructure okay yeah so yeah and also not sure about the the recent numbers but korea was number one in apac in terms of number of apps installed and the korean users also spend lots of time on those apps as well and and since the data is fast and not expensive the downloading app is not a big burden here and we have around the 23 million mau for mobile games, so which is a little bit less than 50% of the total population and based on Nielsen. And while ARPU varies by genre and title, and top MMORPG games, some will have um, 10 plus, I'm sorry, 100 plus US dollars ARPU per month. And an RPG game has a range of five to $50. Yeah. Another factor to mention, uh, is that the, the Korea is the third largest um, the global play revenue globally. And uh, it is a predominantly an Android market uh, with um, around 75% of mobile users using Android. Wow, that's a crazy number. Yeah. And what about the iOS share? Um, I mean, it's getting more share gradually. But, you know, that given that the Korea is the... The model country of the Samsung and LG, yeah. and uh, we have really fast adoption for the smartphones yeah. for the, the, the older generations. Yeah. As I mentioned, it's like hundred one percent penetration smartphone penetration. So, and um, the the Android phone have the different range of prices of products, so mm-hmm. it's more e- it's easier for different segment to approach. Yeah. Yeah, totally makes sense. And maybe you can tell us why is mobile gaming so big in uh, South Korea? Yeah, there are many things. Just um, but I'd like to just cover just cover the main areas. Uh, the overall mobile gaming market in Korea uh, yeah. will reach nine billion this year. Wow. Okay, even bigger. <laughs> Yeah, and if you just count uh, the mobile in a purchase, uh, it's still five billion last year. So as you just some uh, mentioned, this is like the number four in the world, and at the same time, as I just mentioned, it's number three in Google Play, and also it's been growing very fast. Um, our year-over-year growth has been a stable ten plus point percent, and actually, uh, it's been a long time since the mobile dominate the gaming in Korea. And even in 2017, mobile gaming was 40% bigger than PC, and now the gap is even larger. And 
I think the second reason is um, the people are ready to spend money on gaming. Mm-hmm. Um, it, we have really long history, like of the PC games in like the 1990s, and then uh, Korean gamers have less objection to in-app purchase. And many heavy gamers think even think of buying a starter package uh, as a currency for the game developers. Ah, wow. That, so, that's nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's actually the, uh, the, the quotes from many of my friends. Okay. And in a way, you say that, um, you know, what I read is like, it's, it's called pay to win, right? It's, it's something that it's, it's quite common um, that you are, yeah. you are buying stuff because then you will be more competitive and, you know, you will have better equipment. Maybe you can tell us about that. Uh, right. Uh, I'd like to refer to free to play. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> But yeah, so so pay to win is really predominant in Korea, and then that business model, uh, the free to play business model, was first introduced by a Korean company, uh, a Nexon mm-hmm. in nineteen ninety five, nineteen ninety nine, and since then it's been the major revenue source for the Korean gaming companies, and then people are uh, um, people doesn't really have the big objection about it, but yeah, I will tell you about some of the, the symptoms in MMORPGs. But um, uh, it's getting more negative. Yeah, I, I can totally understand why. Um, what what else is is unique about the, the Korean uh, gaming market? Um, so I mean, the, you covered a little bit, but um, yeah, so it's the, the paying user rate. It's much higher uh, in general, and um, ARP is usually much higher in Korea than other countries. Um, I believe that that's because, and the, the, there are many reasons behind it, but partially because um, Koreans are competitive, and the, the the games are for users to spend more money to become better stats mm. than others. Okay, that really drives. And, and then especially in the MMORPGs. Okay. And then, yeah. Uh, and also, it, uh, it is an, an, MMOR, an RPG-heavy country. And for RPG, it's easier for the, 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 the users to spend more money because, um, you know, you, s- you spend lots of time on that com- the, the, the game. And then it's supposed to be grow your characters. Yeah, so it's like something that you're becoming engaged and, and you're like, spend a lot of time. And when you spend a lot of time, you you want to be successful. Right. Yeah, yeah. Right, it's not like a casual game that you start like a new game every day. Um, you're kind of attached to this character. So you're in charge of the, the building this character and then that, like, comparing to other people and you want to be better than others yeah yeah and and what about like the the element of of social i think that that's like the the social element of of playing mobile games i think that again started in internet cafes or what i call pc bang that i'm not sure what what is that about but but again i feel like it's it's has like an important element of 
um, what you said also before that it's like you're very homogeneous in terms of culture and if something works, everyone know about that. So uh, it really worked well uh, with the PC games and like in 90s and then 2000, early 2000. Yeah. And when we have the games like StarCraft or other FPS games or even some of the, the RPG mm-hmm. games. So you have your friends coming into that PC cafe, which is PC Bam, that's the, the, the same, and that play together. That has really strong bonding things. And um, for the mobile gaming, it doesn't really have that characteristics. You don't really have to go to the PC cafe because you have your own device yourself. But that, the build-up kind of culture of playing the game together and that the game is more of social respect. So that's why the, the MMORPG is that popular in Korea. MMORPG, uh, by definition, means some um, massively multiplayer online. So you want to play with other people, mm-hmm. not MP, the, not the, 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 the computers. Okay. And then compare each other. Yeah. Yeah. So, so definitely MMORPG, that's the, the main genre uh, that we are looking in, in Korea. Um, if we move on to look at the, the profile of the Korean gamer, uh, what can you tell us about that? I think we need to look at it in two different two ways, um, the revenue and just some um, users. Um, in terms of revenue... I don't have any statistics with me, but I guess a typical gamer or the majority of gamers who spend money in Korea could refer, I mean, could refer to a long-time mobile gamer than who is um, 30, 40 male and prefers hardcore RPG games. And the person recognizes a new game from the marketing activities and actively use the pre-registrations and uh, spent like maybe an hour or more per day to play and then ready to spend money. And But in, in, in at the same time, with this COVID and then expansion of this mobile users, uh, we are seeing more users in younger ages, like for example, 20s male. Uh, actually, 20s male became prevalent in mid-core games. And maybe why other factors like pre-registration would be similar. Their spending level is much lower and then they don't feel comfortable about the pay-to-win model. And in, in terms of the users, number of users, yeah, we're seeing uh, really increasing share of female users here, uh, especially for the casual and mid-core. Okay. And, and in terms of you said that the the young ones are are kind of shifting from from the RPG MMO to more meat core and casual. That, that's something that you you can say that it's happening. Uh, I would say the younger generation is coming from nowhere. I mean, they they are new users. Uh, they haven't played the MMORPG or RPG games before. They just um, knew the game, like uh, some action games or some mid-core games. Uh, and then they're just the first time the purchasers in mobile games. And another question that I have in, in terms of, you know, some of that we already discussed, RPGs, 58% of 
you know of of the of the share of the of the genres 12% is strategy and 8.4 is is action um i think that you you explain about the the larger of rpg and where is it coming from how do you see that changing in in the future or do you see any kind of 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 movement um towards like new genres oh uh, sure um i touch upon a little bit of the the historical background yeah so uh the pc gaming in the pc gaming the main genre was rpg yeah and to be specific mmorpg mm-hmm. with a lot of famous ips such as lineage and um it dates back to like 1990s. However, in mobile, we didn't really see it as dominant until 2016 uh, when Netmarble's uh, Lineage to Revolution was launched, a hardcore MMORPG game. And actually, it opened up an MMORPG era in Korean mobile. And Lineage M, another MMORPG game from NCSoft, was launched in June 2017. And since then, Until very recently, like a week ago, yeah, he had kept the number one place in the play grossing, which means for like almost four years. So after the 2017, the Korean gaming market became very MMORPG heavy. And and that has some side effects too. Uh, we saw more and more users complaining about the pay-to-win model uh, of those hardcore mm-hmm. games. And some users started to drop off from the genre. Okay. So that's the brief context. So, so coming back to your question, um, so we need to look at the situation in also two ways, like total revenue and users. Uh, in terms of total revenue, the overall RPG or MMORPG still dominates the market with RPG about 60%, as you just yeah. mentioned. And um, out of that, uh, 70% is MMORPG. Uh, however, the trend is slightly downward. Uh, RPG share was almost 70% in 2017. And we may have below 58% this year. But I mean, uh, the, the revenue-wise, still RPG is a very attractive option in Korea. Uh, it's because RPG users are more willing to spend money. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had really uh, simple analysis earlier this year. Uh, we compared the strategy with RPG to, to look at the user behavior. And although the number of the strategy game downloads was um, less than half of the RPGs, the strategy game's monthly active users were nearly the same as RPG. So that indicates that like strategy gamers are stickier than RPG gamers and willing to engage in the game for a long time. However, when you look at the paying behavior, it was totally different. Mm-hmm. Um, we compared the average MPU Uh, ARP and ARPPU and so the RPG uh, more than doubled for all three metrics mm, wow yeah so in other words um, the RPG gamers have much higher buying power or willingness to pay so so inter- and then but in terms of users on the other hand um, you're seeing very different story number of users in RPG is decreasing actually And the same as in the MMORPG. Um, actually, a very handful of gamers play the genre and a tiny percentage of them um, or whales um, spend lots of money. For example, Lineage M, number one, 
as I just mentioned, uh, has less than 200k MAU. And um, I don't have any friends who play the game. Oh, well, only only 200k <laughs> MAU, but they are very heavy yeah. in terms of like that whales. Very heavy yeah. spenders. Yeah. And then you need to keep the, some kind of level of spending. In order to, to, to keep in the, to, in the ranks. Not in the ranks. Not to be kicked out. Okay. Some, some, something uh-huh. like. Okay. So, yeah. So it's interesting. You're saying so, that, you know, the, the, the top grossing and in terms of like, you know, uh, payers, percentage and so on, the, the MMRPG uh, yeah. are, are much higher. Uh, but in terms of like strategy gains, actually we see increasing in numbers, yes. right? Of, of installs, yeah. of players, of engagement. But I think that the, the thing that you need to crack down is more of, you know, how to get them to pay more. Yeah, um, that's really difficult job to do. I think the partially because I'm there, the many of those um, the new users for stretch game is actually new mobile gaming users. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so we are assuming that the new users are coming into those genres like action games or strategies, and even casual. So um, so from 2017 to 2020. So in our analysis, a share of action and strategy uh, grew from like 3.6% and 7.1% to 7.4% to 12.1%. So almost doubled in share. But if you think about revenue, it grew like 2.5 times during the period. Okay. So it's so it's it's so, big numbers. It's start. It's just starting like in small numbers. In like the yeah, exactly, the exactly. It's, it's growing growing faster than the yeah. market. Okay. It's just a, it's started with a small number. Yeah, I think that it's definitely um, also an opportunity and also something that you know bringing me to the next question in terms of yeah probably if I'm a you know a company outside of Korea um, to go to yeah. RPG probably it will be quite challenging um and and i would probably look at other genres like you know strategy action casual um that i might have you know uh something that will be easier for me to penetrate i don't need to have as much of like you know social event or or you know local partners um again that's that's my point of view but maybe you can tell me about you know what what's been successful and or what do you need to be successful uh, to launch your game in Korea if you are not a local developer? You need to be noticed because it's really competitive market. Mm-hmm. So uh, um, the actually the market was mainly driven by Korean companies, but but from actually a couple of years ago, um, we witnessed this and the aggressive investment and the following successes from especially Chinese developers. Yeah. Um, two years ago. Lilith launched this uh, Rise of Kingdoms mm-hmm. uh, with massive marketing, and it worked. And the point about the the, the one highlighting about that is uh, before that, strategy was regarded as just a genre that no developers believed to make money in Korea. But Lilith proved it wrong by ranking it top five, and it's still within top fifteen. Um, the the reason. Maybe my humble answer would be like combination of, as, as mentioned, good, good quality of the mm-hmm. game and really mild business model. 
and uh, really aggressive marketing to stand out from the competition. And and here the model is is less of pay to win. It's it's more of like uh, something that will attract the younger users. Yeah, um, I I cannot say there is no pay to win uh, aspect, but um, that's really mild. It's way milder than some hardcore MMORPG games. And uh, it's really well made. This has really solid stories and then content. The UI is really easy to play. So those are the, the, the cases. And actually, another, we have, I think we have another successful case, uh, which was um, the Genshin Impact by Miyoho. Mm-hmm. Um, it reached number three in grossing right after the launch. It was last October and has been in the top 10 or 20 since then. Okay. And, and in terms of like offline marketing, like TV campaigns, do you see when you look at the TV now, um, how much do you see like ads for, for mobile games? Is it like big in Korea? Uh, it was really big, uh, like uh, five to six years okay. ago, uh, to, to, to 2015. But um, yeah, it's actually decreasing. Because the I think that if you think about the typical mobile gamers, like 30, 40 males, yeah. um, they watch TVs, but um, they're really digital heavy. So you don't really want to spend your money for non-users, uh, the categories. Yeah, so they do not watch much TV. They will probably, they will not see. They, they are watching, yeah, they watch TVs, but um, I think that the, the watching time has been decreasing. Yeah, okay. So, yeah. And and how is about like the influencers? Because, you know, we, we know that influencers is quite big in, in Korea. How are like your portfolio companies or or in general from your knowledge working with influencer to promote you know game installs and game launch? Yeah, I mean there are, there are the different types of the, the influencers, but um, I'd like to start from the maybe YouTube creators. Yeah. First of all, the YouTube game a must have platform that both marketing and user engagement perspectives in Korea. Mm-hmm. So that's why like uh, many Korean developers, maybe all of the major Korean developers are actively working with local MCNs to, to, to develop the branded contents or co-develop the media creatives. And uh, we also noticed that like those creatives usually have better conversion rate. And, and also other uh, influencers, like maybe the, think about some celebrities, uh, of course, working with celebrities has been uh, the, the very good practice for the gaming companies and then has been very popular for game launches. But it really depends on your marketing budget. So so in, in terms of uh, like after digital and, and online, like I mean, like performance marketing and so on, the, the second layer would be working with like YouTube influencers. That's that's kind of like the, yeah. the recommendation. Yeah. I mean, that's became really like a must things to do for the okay. the new launches. Great. I think that we have like two more questions. I think that the, the one is um, talking about like what what are your your focus areas um, in in your current role, 
and and the other one is you know what would be your five tips summarizing you know a lot of the thing that you said um of a gaming company outside of korea if if they plan to launch the new game so maybe you start with with this one um five tips for a gaming company that plan to launch their game uh in korea next year sure Sure. Um, there will be some overlaps with what I just said, but um, I will share them. Again, sure, sure. It's, it's kind of like a summary of what we discussed. Yeah. All right. Um, first, there are high revenue opportunities in RPG. Um, as a whale users in Korea, are like most likely RPG gamers, and then RPG users are usually more willing to pay. So I recommend to launch RPG games in Korea if you have one or plan to have one. Or if not, if you like to diversify your portfolio. But also, like, keep in mind that opportunities in other genres are getting bigger. So it's worth trying if you the, if your game has a good quality. Um, the second one is um, the localization. It's really the key. Um, if you look at some some successful games from other countries, they their localization for their games and the marketing was really... Uh, excellent. So you need to understand the, the unique characteristics and then culture to modify your game and marketing activities. And uh, language translation for, for a game um, should not be ignored. Um, many Koreans can read English. However, they feel very uncomfortable interacting in English and some would even regard it disrespectful to Koreans. Mm. And yeah, the third one, Korea is a small country. And just mentioned, like, 50% of the population is concentrated in South metropolitan area. So as this is very dense country, people catch on trend very fast. So if you want the mass scale for your app launch and try creating this hype early on during launch, uh, you'd want to spend the majority of your initial budget in the launch stage. Uh, to have a massive marketing campaigns to make the viral and get interest from the potential users. And uh, the fourth, the gamers heavily rely on YouTube to make a choice on which game they will play. So partner with the YouTube creators in Korea and fully utilize branding campaigns to increase awareness and conversion volume. And uh, lastly, IP is very important in Korea. Uh, the most top-ranked game are IP franchise ones. Um, something from like PC, like 10 to 20 years ago, from a mobile, a uh, couple of years ago or several years ago. So it's because the competition is very high with a similar game content and style. So gamers tend to be inclined to what they are familiar with. So, so try to build a strong IP with your title to prepare for the future. So if you have a successful game already, your marketing approach should be to build IP for the franchise in the longer term. Great. And and I think that, you know, uh, we didn't discuss, but casual is also starting. Like the Playrix is, is doing quite well um, in in Korea, which is kind of a surprise. And, and I think that many people would argue that maybe it's like a one-time success, um, that you will not see a lot of like, you know, uh, global casual companies coming to Korea and you know everyone playing with them. Um, I think I think that can be sustainable um, because first um, we're seeing more and more new users coming into the market. 
uh, mostly from female and then younger generations. And then they're willing to watch ads. I mean, but then, and then some of them even are willing to pay uh, uh, in apps. So um, there are more opportunities. Uh, just one thing is, again, that the competition is really fierce. So you might be ready for really localized marketing, localized content, and then certain amount of the marketing investment. Um, great. So I think that the last one is like, um, you know, what kind of areas, and again, uh, you touched uh, a little upon that, but what, what kind of area are focused for, for, your, uh, for your team? And for yourself, uh, yeah. I mean, as I mentioned, um, the, my team is supporting the most of the major Korean developers, and many of them are still domestic oriented. So our biggest upside should come from their local, the global business, and also the genre diversification is very important. As Korea is one of the handful of the countries where RPG is the majority. Yeah. And we are seeing much bigger opportunities in genres such as like action, strategy, and casual. So we're trying hard to provide like in-depth market insight, like a genre insight, user insight in overseas markets, and then to change their marketing practices, uh, which are often not aligned with the market outside Korea, so that they have more confidence on overseas success. Seho, thank you very much. It was such a pleasure to host you. Uh, I learned a lot of things and I'm sure that our audience will, will appreciate that. So thank you very much for, for your time. Uh, thank you so much for inviting me. Yeah, it was really pleasure for me to just uh, introduce Korean market. And I really had a great time as well. Thank you so much for listening to the episode today. Next month, we will be back with another interesting guest. And in the meantime, please make sure to hit the subscribe button uh, on your podcast software so we can make sure to update you with any new content that we will be releasing. So for now on, have a great day and see you soon.